return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Do after the service, amen. Uh, Kids rock today. I don't know if you have any uh, three to first grade, but they would go to the back then for that. And the rest of us, let's stand just for a minute. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. So your Bible, the Word of God is full of seeds. And uh, the reason you read and believe it and so forth is so that you can build or or grow a bigger crop. A bigger crop uh, in the character of God. A bigger crop being like Jesus. Amen. So so it's full of seeds. and, And there are no limits. So some things, you know, I've read a lot, hundreds of times, and yet I still get something out of it when I read it again. And I claim those promises. Different times in the week I'm reading, I claim that promise, I claim that promise. Uh, As Christians, I believe we can live on a higher level than just the world, a level of peace and joy and love and so forth than the rest of the world because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Amen. So uh, Galatians Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So We're just talking in general, you know, about love and action, but we want to grow love. Say grow love. love. Okay. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, uh, faith, and uh, there's more in the next verse. But it begins there with the primary fruit would be love, because out of love comes everything else. You could have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, not any good, you know. Uh, uh, So those are things that are very, very important. Uh, God, 1 John 5, God is love, or 1 John 4, God is love. So, so all the fruits that we had in Galatians 5, all those fruits require action. So, so in other words, we say, if I love Jesus, there should be some action to that. There should be some sort of demonstration of the fact that I truly love Jesus Christ, that I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Incidentally, we welcome anybody who's joining us uh, in other countries, uh, Bindeli, you, you like to watch before you go to bed on a Sunday night, but we bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, so people from India, African countries, Europe, and the United States, we bless you today in the name of Jesus. Glad you can tune in to the tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota, upper Midwest in the United States. Hallelujah. So anyway, this fruit, all this love, joy, peace, all of it requires actually are verbs. They're verbs. They're not, it's not a, it's, they're not used as a noun, but they're used as verbs. To ch- our lives should change constantly for the better, from glory to glory, to be like Jesus Christ, right? So he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's where it comes from. So he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. All the fruits require action. 
John 3, 16, God so loved the world. What did he do? Action. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. So there are always actions that go with these things. It requires those things, all right? Jesus demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. So he demonstrated his love. He, when we were enemies, he died for us. So love has actions. Now, the world, there's many examples of love in terms of descriptions and so forth, but there's one agape love. That's the God kind of love. And it's the love that he wants to produce an abundant crop in us. Is this love? Amen? So John 15, verse 5. If I'm going to produce a fruit for godly love, then I have to be attached to a source. It's either the vine or the branch, but attached to a source, that source of love, so that it can come out of me and grow in me. John 15, 5. You're the, he says, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and I in him, you'll bear. He bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So now, Jesus is the vine. And we're attached to the vine. All right. So if I'm going to grow the love of Jesus, I have to really secure this relationship with him to grow love. Say grow love. Okay. Now, this all sounds elementary. And, in, and indeed, in a lot of ways, it is. However, most of the body of Christ lacks love. They act like everybody else in the world. They're angry. They're upset. Uh, they don't like certain people. And, and so... so uh, it gets much deeper than just saying you love. It's experiencing it. First of all, you've got to experience, then you have to give it away. Anything of God is something you have to experience, and then you have to give it away. If you want to keep it, you've got to keep giving it away. So we're attached, we're attached, and fruit grows to what it's attached to, right? So if we're attached to the world, there's a vine of the earth, then you're going to act like the world. But if you're attached to Jesus, then you're going to begin to act like Jesus, so the whole point, though, the whole point of John, John 15, the whole point is that we want to grow more fruit. And he says, he says, much fruit. The emphasis in the Bible was never on the gifts. The emphasis in the Bible wasn't on the 12 spiritual gifts, which 1 Corinthians 12 or 10 spiritual gifts. Not there. It's always on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If, person, if a person says, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that person should be filled with with love and joy and peace. Amen? Some people in some churches teach that you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is good. That's okay. But it goes a lot deeper than that. So it goes, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is something you have to cultivate. You have to work at. You allow it to grow. Gifts are given. Uh, fruit you grow. Okay? So... In John 15, and then uh, verse 8, we'll go down a little farther. My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. What kind of fruit is he talking about here? Ultimately, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about 1 Corinthians 13, where you've got all these faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. Everything, everything done in Christ is done through love. It's done through love. It's, it's done through caring for people. Jesus cared enough, God cared enough to send his son, Jesus Christ, for us. To die for us. The value you are is the price he paid. Don't think how valuable you are. Think of the price he paid. On the cross for you and I and our sins. So, the goal here again is that you produce much fruit. And in the process then, you become his disciples. So, we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be a church member. Many people will claim 
claim their Christianity based on the church they attend has nothing to do with where you attend. It has everything to do about a relationship. The relationship is with the living God. Incidentally, all the other gods in the world are dead. <laughs> they can't hear, can't see, can't do anything. But only Jesus is alive. Okay? So, so this relationship then, when we bear much fruit, we become true disciples. Disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus actually said, you don't want to go across the ocean and make disciples of your denomination. That's not any good. You want to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Of course, people should attend a church. Of course, people should worship and pray and, and belong to a body. Yeah, that's good. But our identity is in Jesus Christ. And he is the God, is the God of love. God is love, period. <laughs> that's his nature. That's his character. So if I do things outside of that, if I'm angry, I'm upset, or I don't like this person or that person, now I'm, now I'm not acting spirit-filled. What, what are we acting? We're acting carnal. The carnal mind is against the things of God, against the Spirit of God. So to have a spiritual mind, you have to fill it with spiritual things. Right? So that's, that's the importance of being in the Bible. We have a Bible reading schedule back there. We encourage people to read every year. But you have to fill your mind then with spiritual things. You have to sing spiritual songs. Amen. The crop then that grows in us is the crop of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no greater thing in the Bible than love. Amen. That's the greatest thing. Love never fails. It's the most powerful thing on the planet. That's what bridges gaps between rich and poor, racial gaps between those that are of different races to come together, is this power of love. Martin Luther King Jr. said, before he passed away, he, said, he says, love is the only force that can turn an enemy into a friend. He's exactly right. But that means you're acting on it. You're doing something. If you have somebody you really dislike, well, then you're acting, you're doing something to plant seeds for that love toward that person. We always think, we always think well, uh, if, if they're nice, I'll be nice. No, it, it's, Jesus died for us while we were sinners. We were not nice people. <laughs> love, love, agape love goes one way. He said, I will love you. I'll love anybody I meet because of Jesus Christ in me. So I, I, I meet people all over the world and people that are all different religions, and yet I can smile at them and I can shake their hand or greet them because of the love of Jesus. And it's not like a separation thing. Oh, you, we'll keep you way out here. No, no. We're going to draw them in close. Yeah. Love is very personable. So, so you see this here. Uh, the, the thing that Jesus wants is that you would bear much fruit. Say much fruit. Not a little bit, but a lot. Right? A lot of fruit. Now, John 15, we're going backwards in John 15, 2 and 3. But it says, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Other, every branch that, that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, you are clean or pruned because of the words which I've spoken unto you. Now, pruning isn't bad. Pruning is good. Just, just always take pruning in light of Scripture. Pruning relates to the Word of God that's going to keep changing us. Pruning is not sickness and disease. Pruning is not a car accident. Pruning is not something bad. No, pruning is good. And the pruning, I, I've read whole books where they're talking about pruning and their bad things happening and God's pruning you. It's like, where do you want to throw them? In the trash. Because it's not biblical. So if you, if you look at the accuracy of the, of the Bible, word, the word compares the word and all of a sudden you get this clear picture. 
Because a lot of Christians, they, they think, oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to run to God for all this. He's pruning me. Something's going to bad happen. No, I want to run to him because something good will happen. Because he's that kind of a God. He loves people. Now, you believers, people listening and so forth, a lot of people have experienced the love of Jesus. Now what do you have to do is give that away. A farmer is interested in, in producing a large crop. Is that right? So if a farmer, if a farmer say you're going to plant corn or beans and so forth, and you've got uh, 160 acres and you're doing that, in, in the next year you think, how are they thinking the next year? Well, if I can get a bigger crop. And of course there's hybrids and all kinds of things that help to produce a bigger crop. The same thing, God is interested in producing a bigger crop in us. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. <laughs> he's interested in producing, farmer wants to increase his yield. God is interested in, in increasing the yield of love in our lives. Sometimes we find ourselves in a difficult relationship. It could be, uh, it could be someone in your family, it could be somebody else, but this relationship, someone on your job, they greet you the wrong way and we're praying, Lord, change them, Lord, deal with them, Lord, help them. <laughs> Maybe that's a good time to pray, Lord, how can you change me so that I can love them more? See, we wanna, we'd like to whittle out of those things that make us uncomfortable, that, that uh, we think they're not good or they're not safe people or whatever. We want to whittle ourselves out, but rather, rather than that, how about just saying, Lord, change me so I can be a blessing to them. Everybody in life is going through something right now. Everybody, you know, you see people and you think they're mean or they're harsh. Everybody's going through stuff. There's probably a reason they're mean and harsh. Based on the seeds that are planted. Every person is a product of those seeds they plant. We as believers should be products then of these seeds from the Bible. So no matter who we meet or who we know or whatever in a natural way, we want to invest love in those people. We want to, if, if I know somebody, I can see somebody in the TV that I disagree with, so forth. It's like, ah, and the Lord would say, invest some love in them, Dave. Now, I don't know them personally, may not ever meet them, but I can sure invest love in prayer. I bless them, bless them, Jesus, touch their lives. Yeah. See, all of us get on this place where, where we like the glamorous if you had a miracle conference, people flocked to it. Prophetic conference, people flocked to it. A conference on love, I'm, I'm busy. You know, I'm busy. I can't make it. And yet, that is the more important thing. Faith works through love. People are going to respond to you based on the love that you give them. They don't care how much you know. They just want to know how much you care. Do you really care? Are you a person, or as a Christian, do you care about somebody else's life? So the Bible, the acid test, let's get right into our lives. All right, how, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to respond to the love of God? And if we respond to the love, then how is he going to have us respond to the world that's around us? Now, I'm interested. I, boy, I tell you what, I'm interested in growing a bigger crop. <laughs> but I also know then that when I'm with the Lord, he prunes me like my attitude. I don't like that attitude, Dave. Okay, thanks, Lord. <laughs> well, I want to change you in this place. Prune. I want to change you in that place. Yeah. 
My parents, my parents, when I became a Christian, never liked me again. I became an outcast in my family. I was the only Christian. And, and, uh, and holidays were terrible going there because of ungodliness and drinking and all kinds of stuff. But what did we have to do? We invested love into their lives. I had brothers that would curse me to my face because they didn't like who I'd become. But we invested love into their lives. We'd go home on purpose. We'd see my mom and dad and we'd give them a hug. And it's like hugging a statue. You know, you'd be frozen like this because they never did that. But we kept investing love, invested for decades. And what happened? Gradually their hearts softened. Gradually, little by little, my brothers got saved, came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amazing. My parents, before they died, both surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. You want to invest love in people that you might think, you know, they're going to get what they deserve. People don't get what they deserve. Thank God for you don't get what you deserve. Right? No, no. We, people get what they plant. If you plant that seed, well, then you're going to reap that harvest. But it's not like, oh, these people are going to get what they deserve. You know, God will get them. No, God doesn't ever think that way. Sorry. God is a God of love, period. That's his character. That's his nature. That's why Jesus preaching out even to the Pharisees. And there were many Pharisees who believed. Not just Nicodemus, but many who believed that were privately believed, but they still believed. He invested love in other people. And love has the power to change lives. I didn't see anything happen in my family, real quick, but it has the power to change lives. And as I look back now in my life, here as, I, here as I'm, I'm 71 years old, I think, wow, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. So if we want to produce a great crop, crop of love, what are we going to plant? You're going to plant love seeds, right? You're going to plant love seeds. And then you're going to try to activate those love seeds. Find somebody you don't like and love them. Activate them. Do something. Now, what does that make all of us feel? It makes us feel uncomfortable. Like, oof, I don't know what. I don't know about that. Well, that's the whole point. Get get uncomfortable. Faith is always in a place of not being comfortable. Faith isn't a comfortable thing. Faith, you're always you're always there, to, ready to step out. Same thing with this, with love, stepping out. Galatians five thirteen just says thirteen and fourteen just says, "You've been called to liberty. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for forgiveness." But don't use the liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. You know, don't use, I'm free now, I can, I can just flow and kind of do what I want. No, no, don't use it for the flesh. But love, through love, serve one another. Now, who's, who's this one another? Everybody you meet. Everybody you, you hear on the radio or the TV or whatever. That's what he wants us to do. Is that easy? Well, this is where the meat and potatoes come in, Right? <laughs> This is where, no, it's not real easy, so how am I going to do that? Through the attachment that I have through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can live in this life and live and walk in that love toward other people. On my own, as we said in John 15, he says, without me you can do nothing. So on my own, not good. But with his help, very good. So he says, he says through love serve one another... All the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. All the law, all the law, 
Let's take it on Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and all the things like that. Thank God we don't have a pen out here for goats and calves and everything else to kill. The law is fulfilled in one word. Love. What a powerful force that is. And it says to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you should love yourself, right? You should care for yourself, right? But then you should love your neighbor in addition. This is, this is agape love. We serve because we're attached to Jesus. And then he says, I want you to love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Well, anybody you're close to, right? That becomes your neighbor. Jesus gave a command in the New Testament. There are not many commands in the New Testament, but John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus gives a command, and he says a new commandment. Now, this isn't Old Testament. This is New Testament. The command is to be like him. The command is that you love one another. I want you to say this is not a suggestion. This isn't a feeling, you know, you know, Pastor Dave, I just don't feel I just don't have the Lord leading me that way. Well, then you're not listening to the Lord. I mean, you know, the more Bible you know, the more things become clear. Because people want to cop out of everything that makes them feel uncomfortable or feel like they have a license to not participate. <laughs> Sorry. This goes for everybody. Jesus said, I'm going to give to the disciples. Says, this is a command to every one of them. To us, it's in the New Testament. It's a command to love one another. And how we're going to do that is attached to him as I have loved you you can love somebody else. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. <laughs> well, nobody is, are they? You know, God saved years ago. I'm still walking in grace, still believing God and so forth like that. But none of us are perfect. So, so we have to look at, his, look at what Jesus is saying. He says, by this. Now, what is this? This, this, is, by, this is by love. By showing this love. Others, all will know that you are my disciples. All, look at that. All. It is, he didn't say, because of signs, wonders, and miracles, they're going to know you're a believer. He didn't say that. He didn't elevate all these other experiences above love. In fact, every experience is subject to love. That's where we get 1 Corinthians 13. You can understand all prophecies. You can have faith to move mountains. You can do all these things. And yet, if you have love, the Bible actually says it's nothing because love has to precede it. There's some, you know, in where other countries, in other countries, the same here as well, but we're always trying to demonstrate love. People respond to love. People then respond like, I, I want prayer from them. So this is a commandment of love and action that people are going to know that we're believers because we are lovable people. Can I hear an yikes? yikes. <laughs> you have to implement this. I have to implement this. Toward everybody that I know personally, toward anybody that I hear, radio, TV, whatever, internet, this is something you implement. This isn't a mushy love like, oh, I love you. No, this is speaking the oracles of God to people, blessing them with God's love. Blessing them with God's love. And even if they don't receive it, it's not like, all right, that's it. No more love for them. No, no, no. You continue to love. Jesus loved the people while he was on the cross. It wasn't nails that kept him on the cross. It was love that kept him on the cross. The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. It was love that kept Jesus on the cross. Love for you and I. 
And yet, and yet all these other people had this appearance of rejection, of course. So it wasn't like on the cross, like, all right, you soldiers are toast. You, you Pharisees, you're done. No. In fact, when he died, the veil is rent, tore from the top to the bottom. He said, I love him so much, we're going to open this all up for humanity. I love people that much. I care that much about people. See, when you see someone, you see someone who they're acting different or, or don't treat you right or whatever, whatever. Remember this. Everybody's going through something. Now, they may not show it on their face. They might say, I don't like you, whatever. But inside, everybody's going through something. Everybody's got different thoughts. Their heart's bothered by different things. All kinds of stuff. You could, you could list it. Everybody has that. Jesus didn't say, I want you to love the lovely. Hmm. I want you to love the ugly. I want you to love the ugliness of this world. I want you to care enough about others because I cared for you. I want you now to care enough about others that they'll know you are my disciples. See, this, this sort of message in the reality is the meat and potatoes of the whole gospel. We've been given freedom of the spirits, not so we can be self-centered, but so we can be serving-centered, God-centered, like Jesus was, and how Jesus is today, because he's still alive. So this is a new commandment, new new commandment. I want you to notice now, there's no, no uh, ifs or buts or anything. It's a new commandment. It's without, it's without restrictions. No conditions are added to it. Love one another as long as they receive it. Love one another as long as they love you. Love one another because they're nice people. How could Stephen be martyred? He's got great revelation of the Lord. He's walking in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And he's martyred. They're throwing stones at him. And he kneels down and he cries, Lord, don't hold this against them. Because why, why is that? Because he loves so much. You know, the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. When Stephen is stoned in the book of Acts, he looks up and he says, I see Jesus standing. No, it's not standing, not sitting. Now Jesus is standing. And they're all like, no, we don't want to hear this. And rather than stones killing him, God just took him. He went to sleep. But how could you be in that place to forgive somebody else while you're physically hurting, of course, You've mentally been attacked. All these things. And Lord, Lord, don't hold it to their account. I read those things and I think, oh, God, help me. Help me. In any situation you have right now, let's just say in America, it's pretty basic situations. People say, well, my family doesn't get along. Okay, pretty good. Pretty basic. I mean, they're not trying to kill you, though, are they? Other countries, they'll try to kill each other. You become a Christian, you might be, going, you might be dead. That's how that is. So we have to practice our muscles loving people. I look around the body of Christ and most, most are sucking milk. Because, because some of them ticks it off and they're angry and this person ticks them off and they're angry and I don't believe what they're saying. A little more milk, please. The Bible says, hey, Jesus said, hey, is it about time you grow up now and act like I acted? Just act like how I acted. So we're not talking now signs, wonders, and miracles, and that's how they're going to know. No, it's this love. Our prayer, like when people come into this place, is they they would feel loved. 
might be a Christian, might not be a Christian, might be a Hindu, might be a Muslim. I just pray that you'll love the love of Jesus because I know that's the force that's powerful to change lives. We're a, we go to places, a lot of people don't want us there. <laughs> but we're there to smile, give grace, show love. And a lot of times, folks, that's just that's bigger than a message. The fact that you've showed love, you've demonstrated love, that's bigger than what, what we just said out of the Bible here. In Matthew 22, Jesus gave the two great commandments from the Old Testament. One, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, this is the first thing that has to happen, this vertical relationship. Loving Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and, and strength. This is the first commandment. The second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he repeats kind of what it said in Galatians. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. On these two commandments. Loving God, loving people. It's like a cross. You love God, you love people. That's, that's what Jesus brought to us. That's what the Bible gives to us. Two great, two great commandments. Every day, I'm, so to speak, in the spiritual, uh, I'm at the spiritual wellness center. <laughs> I can go to physical wellness center, but every day in the spiritual wellness center, we're working out, working out. What am I working out? Forgiving, blessing, loving, being nice to people. Amen? And what does that do? It builds my love muscles. It builds fruit in my life. We've had people come around and say, you folks are the nicest people we've met. Thank you. <laughs> because of love. Because of love. When we leave the hotel uh, in another place, in another country, when we lo- leave the hotel, everybody, we have an entourage following us. When we leave meetings in other, other places, we're walking to where our vehicle is, we have an entourage of people following us. Some of you saw that on the screen. The kids and adults are all following us. They're all talking. They'll say things like, we miss you, we miss you. We haven't even left yet, we miss you. <laughs> Knowing, of course, they're probably not going to see us again. We understand that too. But what happened, what happened in that time frame of being in that church place, worshiping, praying, doing all that, is they felt love. What will bring a person of another religion over like, like would you bless me too? I sure will. What makes us approachable is the love of Jesus. That's why Jesus was approachable. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't like harsh and mean and so forth. And No, he was very approachable by anybody. Yeah. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. James 2, <clears throat> just a few more minutes here. James 2 says that if you really fulfill the royal law, <clears throat> this is God's law, right? What's the royal law? God's law, the king's law, right? If you fulfill the Lord, royal law, According to the scriptures, you will love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, if you do that, you do well. Oh, I like that. You know, someday, uh, someday you'll have my funeral. Someday we'll all go to heaven in Christ. Hallelujah by his grace. The issue will be, the issue would be, did you do well? When Dave Spolum's uh, memorial service, which was a long time ago now, but... Person after person got up, some with, with uh, you know, some were teachers, 
but others with tattoos and nose rings and everything else. And they were saying how much the impact he had on their lives. Impact from the standpoint, well, what, what did he do? Did he preach? No, he never preached at all. But he allowed people to come into his room and to do things in his room where he'd have some candy for him and so forth. And kids, this one person stood up here and says, I have no intention to go to high school. Or let alone finish. Except for Mr. Spolum, who changed my life. And I honestly think there were teachers from that, from that service from Flandreau that were like, huh? <laughs> Mr. Spolum did this and this and this. Folks, these are huge things. I've met people that have, they have anointed ministries and they can prophesy. I've met them personally. They can prophesy, lay hands on the sick. But if you don't have love, you might as well throw it in the trash. Because it's just a game. It's just a performance. It's not like it draws people in. No, no. It's just, well, they've got a healing. Okay, I'm, I'm the, the attention goes to them. I've got this anointing. We've met faith ministers before. That, that have, through the years, that have spoken in this church, and they don't want to even come out in a worship service. They want to sit in the office. And they want to wait until it's done, and then they'll come out and they'll sit in the front row. I said, no, you're not sitting here. They're going to go, what? I said, you're not sitting here. We're going to go out into that worship service. And they had to swallow hard. I'm like, people don't treat me this way. Well, I do. I do. This is what we want. You're going to go out there and sit in that worship service. And, and when the service is over, I'm not praying you back to the office. You're going to stand out there and shake some hands. Oh, my God. He's thinking, why did I ever go to this church? Because why? It's New Testament. See, there's a lot of people never grown up. They've got the ministry. They've got all these things. But you can never get near them because they're too high and mighty. Jesus never thought that way. He never thought that way. He met anybody and everybody. Even if Nicodemus says, well, I'd prefer to meet in the dark at night. Okay, I'll meet you at night. I'll meet you there on your conditions. That's fine. I'm going to love you, though. See, we get so many things mixed up in the body of Christ, but yet this is the sort of thing that really does something. It does something in our relationships. This is all about a relationship. Relationship with Jesus, and then a relationship with other people. So, so who, who is, of course, Jesus said before, who is my neighbor? But your neighbor could be your spouse, could be your kids, could be your co-workers, right? Could be a supervisor, a boss, anybody around you becomes your neighbor. So how does it play out? How it plays out is that we come loaded with love. All the fruit proceeds from love. Joy and peace. If you don't have love, forget about the joy and peace. It all proceeds from love. Attached, we're attached to love. Jesus Christ. God is love. We're attached to him. Everything proceeds from that then. So how does that look? It looks like, well, I guess uh, I need to have some actions to this. Kind of quiet in the spiritual gym, but that's okay. You know, see, I I have this message. I talk to myself all the time about this. Are there people that irritate me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are people that irritate me. I can look at the news. I can be upset. I can be angry. Look at the news. And it's like the Lord will, I get quiet then. The Lord says, what are you doing? You're talking to the TV. You're doing that. What are you doing? 
And I just, it's so neat how he prunes us. He says, you're right. You're right. What am I doing? Shouldn't be doing that. We want to convey love. So we want to speak blessings. We want to speak good things. This is a huge task, right? This is a huge task that affects all of us because we all got a brain, all got a heart. But this word has to get from our brain to our heart. And the only way that happens is if we openly acknowledge his love and then give it away. That's, that's then something good is going to happen, right? Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 8. It says, says Oh, no, uh, no one anything but to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, think how many times it's already been repeated. All better, already been repeated in the New Testament. Fulfilling the law is love. And it's just saying, I don't want you to owe things to other people, but you will always owe love in every relationship. We would leave, just using our example again, situations with my family and so forth, and we would leave Iowa and literally shake our clothes. Be angry. Be upset by the way we were treated, humiliated, cursed at. We'd shake our clothes. Then I go to the Bible, and the Lord, because I want to say, change them, Lord, get them, Lord. And they go to the Bible, and the Lord says, yeah, I want to change you, Dave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you see him again, I want you to love him. Maybe send him a letter. I've got one brother now who is so far, he was in another atmosphere and so forth, but just last week just, just sent out the text just saying how he appreciated our ministry. And I'm thinking, oh man, that's a treasure. It's going to compliment us, you know? Love is huge. Everybody needs love. God made us that way. Everybody wants love. And we want to sow love. I need love. You do. We all have issues in our lives. Yep. Probably as long as we're in this world, we will face issues. <laughs> you know, but when we're in heaven, we won't have to worry about this. But right now, this is something we're activating. So Romans 8 says, oh, no one. Don't any money, but you owe love. Say, I owe love. All right. So we're, we're and notice this is in every relationship. We compliment others, we, we're hospitable, we care about others, even if they don't care about us. We, we go down to Romans 13, verse 10. And he says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Isn't that amazing? Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. There it is again. <laughs> love does no harm to anybody. See, I would use, uh, I, I'm not the greatest tech person, but I can text. And so I would use your phone to transmit things, transmit messages to people. Well, I don't know how they're going to receive that. Really doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter how they're going to receive it. If you're conveying love, that's good. Right? You can't lose, you can't lose by loving people. I mean, they might they might get upset. They might be angry. Okay, that's fine. But the fact still remains is you're obeying the one you're attached to to care about those out there that maybe as a result of what you're doing, they might get saved. So we owe this love. We give this love away. It's agape love. Therefore, love, this agape love fulfills, fulfills the word of God. 
Verse 13 says, in Romans 13, says, Walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, drunkenness, not in lewdness, lust, not in strife and envy. What, how are we walking properly? We're walking with love. Now, keep in mind now, he's addressing Christians here. He's addressing Christians, Christianity. He's addressing the Roman church. And he says, how should we, let us walk properly. Mentions reverently, drunkenness, lewdness, lust, sin, strife, envy. All these things can, can attack us. But Jesus, the Bible is emphasizing, of course, is that we love people. Amen. We put on love. Verse 14, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. By putting on Jesus, I'm going to put on love. And don't even make provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Don't make provision for anger. The next time you feel angry at somebody or something, stop and think, Lord, help me, help me to love as you love. Amen. Amen. Help me to love as you love. We're attached to Jesus. We put on Jesus. We're attached to Jesus. So that we can produce love in all situations. Thank you for that one amen. Thank you from the back, Lowell. Thank you. Thank you. See, to me, these are exciting things. Why, would, why would, do we do missions? Because we love people. Why do we do anything? Because we love people. It's a great commandment. Is you love people. You care about people. You care where they're at. You do things to help people, right? And it's never, folks, just, just remember, it's never to get something in return. Agape love is one way. If something comes back, hey, hallelujah. But otherwise, it's a one-way deal. I will love you no matter what you do. No matter what you think. Because the truth is, most of the world is going to hell. Most of the world. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. Many are they that go in there at. So most of the world is going the wrong direction. But if, if possibly, Reinhard Bonnke said, plundering hell to populate heaven. If we can reach out and get some, a few in, oh, hallelujah, Amen. off the path that they were on. Amen? And it involves people planting seeds then. These are seeds. Incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed. And it changes lives. I said before in the church, I don't know when it was, the other day or whatever, but Charles Colson was in Nixon White House. And all you have to do is just, just uh, Google hitchet, hatchet man for Nixon, Charles Colson. And he got gloriously born again. And he went to prison because of Watergate, but he got out after a few years and developed a whole ministry. And what, would this, what was this guy doing? He would witness to anybody and everybody. Undoubtedly, he talked to Nixon again. Undoubtedly, he talked to all these other folks that he knew. There were people in the Bible that were part of Herod's household serving the Lord. Right? They were, they, the women, they were out there, their husbands in Herod's household, they're serving Jesus and following Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus isn't sitting around the campfire, you know, you know these people, we got to get them, we hate them, we don't like this, we don't like that. No, 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 these are people connected right to the palace. Paul lived the end of his life, out, lived it out in Rome, but two years in his own hired house that people came daily to hear the word of God. Why did they come? Because he loved them. Why is anybody going to show up? Because of love. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, I just think, wow, this is put on love. Put on, 
Put on uh, Jesus Christ. Put on the things that's going to produce this love attached to him. Wow. I'll just briefly put up 1 Corinthians 13. Those things, just briefly, we'll close with this. So, so we have all those things. Uh, uh, let's go 1 Corinthians. Do I have 1 Corinthians 13? Maybe you don't. Oh, okay. So, so love, love suffers, you know, is, is all that does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, doesn't seek its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil, doesn't rejoice in iniquity, rejoices in truth. These are all the things that love does. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I like this last line, love never fails. Rich Apfel has a ministry down in Nicaragua, you know, and him and his wife that founded years ago. But that was their theme, love never fails. But notice again, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So we like it when everything goes our way. But that's not the basis of love. It's loving everybody, right? Doesn't go your way. Got to love them. Turn to your neighbor and say, you owe love. You owe love. We owe it. I've been forgiven. I've been given grace. I owe giving it away. So we do. So let's put up our hands here a second. Lord, thank you for the who you are. You're the God of love. Thank you for loving us, Jesus, who at one time were so unlovable. Thank you for loving us. Lord, give us the grace <clears throat> that we can give this away to people around us. Give us the grace, Lord, to personally, face-to-face, give away love, but also maybe a text or something else, to sow love. Father, I pray in here that none of us would be offended by what happens <laughs> because we know we're not going to hurt anybody. We're just going to bless them. So, Lord, we thank you for this attachment today. Thank you, Jesus, for a download, a greater download of love, a greater uh, crop harvest of love toward people, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this. I just thank you for um, your blessing on this congregation, but also those that are listening right now. Thank you for your blessing, Lord God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, we believe in repentance. We believe that you should confess with your mouth, believe in your heart for Lord Jesus, repenting of sin. Of course, we believe all those things. But when people know that you're a vessel of God, and this just happened again when we, were, when we were in another country. But people would be coming for prayer. And then what would happen? Some of those people would go out and get villagers and bring them in. People very sick and so forth or bringing them in just for a blessing. And why did they do that? Because they felt loved. We weren't up there pointing a finger or pounding our fist or whatever. We're there declaring Jesus Christ. We're there declaring love. And consequently, kept drawing people in, drawing people in, drawing people in. So it'd be like, like I turned one time to the interpreter and said, were any of these people in the service? No, no, Pastor. They just came from the village now. Okay. They want prayer. Okay, we'll pray. God is good. Amen? Amen. He's on your side. He's anointing us for greatness, which involves love. Amen. Amen. So let's stand up here a second. Let's just lift our hands. I just pray, Father, that your love, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the peace of Jesus Christ would be on each person here that's here today. The love of the Father, guidance of the Holy Spirit, peace of Jesus Christ would just 
resonate on each one of us. And as they leave here, Lord, they go as your vessels. They go, uh, these earthen vessels filled with glory, filled with your spirit and the fruit of the spirit. So thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you're growing in us and using us for your glory, that others will know that we are your disciples. So we bless them now, Father. Bless each one now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So reach out to your neighbor. Amen. Shake five or six hands. Amen. Amen. Bless them. Encourage them. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.